Good morning. It's good to be here today, and uh, we're excited to be able to bring you this message this morning. I want to thank Jared. He is the one who has done all this great work for us, so we as a body could stay connected through this time. Uh, we're excited today about bringing you a message about victory over the next couple weeks. I'm going to talk about that, and I think it's a significant message to be bringing in this time that we're uh, all experiencing these different things. And so just a couple things, though, before I begin. Uh, we'd just like to say to Dave and Kim, uh, our hearts go out to you, Dave, on the death of Derek. Uh, there'll be more information when we can gather again. We plan on having a service and we'll make sure we let you all know. And on a lighter note, uh, we want to send a big congratulations out to Dana and Leslie on the birth of their first grandchild, Felix Emery Poling. Congratulations, Hannah and Caleb as well. And so God bless you guys. And uh, we just wanted to keep you up to date on a few of those Redeemer things that are going on. But today I want to talk to you about victory. It's exciting to know that in the Bible, whether it's Joseph or Joshua or Moses, that even in the midst of deep and, and relevant battles and, and circumstances in our lives, that God is always there for us, bringing us to a place of not just bringing us through something, but he is making us victorious in the process. You know, I love the scriptures that state that very fact is that, you know, God, he enables us to be overcomers. We're uh, abundantly and, and uh, massively given the power from God to do great things for the kingdom of God. And he's watching over us. He's keeping us. He's preparing us for all of these things. And when I use the word preparation, I don't use that term lightly. You know, Joseph, when he had his dream, he had to get to a place to where he was preparing himself through all of the tragedy that he went through in his life to see that dream come to pass. Preparation for victory is important. And what I mean by that is this, is that we have to carry a mindset that says no matter where we're at, what we're dealing with, what we're going through, that God is with us. And the Bible says if God is with us, what can be against us? No man, no tragedy, no virus, nothing can stand before and between us and God. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so we've got to understand that as we face the challenges that we face, no matter what it is in our lives, whether it be a corporate or an individual thing, God is with us. And we need to learn how to prepare to win. You know, there is a strategy about winning. There's a power in momentum. And we need to understand that God wants us to win, that God is with us. He never leaves us. And the word is clear that nothing is impossible for him. So why don't you turn with me now to Second Chronicles, uh, uh, beginning in chapter 20. And we're going to look at some of the precepts of victory that Jehoshaphat led the people of Israel through when they were faced with a, a massive battle. 
So Father, we just lift this time up to you. We're so grateful for your word. And we just ask, Father, for you to deliver to us today that which will change our thinking, that which will adjust our hearts, that which will encourage us to stand strong when everything else around us looks like it's crumbling. And so, Father, today, let us prepare to win. Let us purpose to know that we are victorious. And Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, it begins in verse 1. It says, after this, that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others uh, with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And in verse 2, it says that uh, Jehoshaphat's people came running towards him saying, Jehoshaphat, there's multiple nations that are lining up against us. The forces are so great, basically, that how could we ever overcome such a, a, a force, uh, a, a great number of people? How could we overcome that? And the Bible says in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat set the tone for that situation. Instead of listening to the voices and, and surrounding himself with the people uh, who uh, would bring fear to him, the Bible says Jehoshaphat himself had a fear. And in this fear, he had a plan. And it says that uh, Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself first to seek the Lord and second to proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. Now, here's two very important things. When we face a challenge that uh, we have to prepare ourselves first to seek God, what does God have to say? Where is God in the midst of this? How can we stay adjusted to the things that the Lord is saying and not listening to the things that the world is saying? You know, we've all watched everyday daily updates on this coronavirus. Uh, newscasts, 24-7 news coverage about these things that are happening in our society right now. And if you stay focused on the voices that are speaking through your television, you're going to have a difficult time not only preparing for victory, but not having fear in the midst of all of this turmoil. So we've got to understand the first thing that we do in preparing for victory is we come close to God. We seek him. Jehoshaphat even went a step further than that because he wanted to eliminate all of the flesh that could be involved in this situation. And the Bible says that he proclaimed a fast. And we all know that fasting is that thing that sets our focus to what God can truly accomplish, what he can do, and what the options we have because of who we have living inside of us. And so Jehoshaphat, in preparing for victory, he began to seek the Lord. He began to proclaim a fast. All of these things were so that his focus could be on God and not the circumstance. You know, so often when we allow the circumstance to control us, it's extremely difficult to not only prepare for victory, but to move forward in the midst of the day. You know, the Bible talks about that there's enough to worry about in today, don't worry about tomorrow. The Bible tells us that in Matthew. And we've got to understand that in order to have that kind of uh, ability, then we have to seek the one 
who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. And so first off, in order to prepare for victory, we've got to seek God. We've got to draw close to him. We've got to take our flesh out of the circumstance and allow our spirit to rule the things that we do. Continuing on in 2 Chronicles 20, I want to uh, show you what the plan began to be. In verse 5, it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? So Jehoshaphat was beginning a string here of verses that we're going to see of going before God and reminding God of the things that he has said to his people. Jehoshaphat was saying, God, are you the God who is able to help us? Are you the God that brings us victory? And are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all of the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might? so that no one is able to withstand you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwelled in it and having built you a sanctuary in it for your name saying, if disaster comes, upon a sword or judgment or pestilence or famine will we stand before this temple in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and will hear and save and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who would not uh, let Israel and who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they have turned and they now are the ones who plan to destroy us. And so isn't it interesting in verses five through 13, he goes on to say some other things about who God is and what he can do and, and what his plan is. And really, the second thing that we have to do is we have to remind ourselves of who God is. When we get into the place to where we are going to be facing a, a battle, when we're going to be uh, challenged in every direction, the one thing that we want to remind ourselves of is who God is. We don't want to be focused on the circumstance. We don't want to be focused on and give attention to what our eyes see. So often we can be uh, um, uh, tricked or deceived by what we see through our eye gates if we don't filter those things through uh, the idea of who we are in Christ. And so Jehoshaphat is, he's reminding himself. And we need to, when we prepare for victory, we need to remind ourselves of who God is. The Bible tells us in Psalm 46, in, the, in verse 1 in the Passion Translation, it says, God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble. More than enough and always available when I need you. 
And see, when you're facing a, a challenge, don't you want to know that as opposed to what the challenge appears to be? The second thing we see is in Psalm 23, verse four, it says, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me. Fear will never conquer me. Somebody look at somebody in your living room and tell them, hey, fear should never conquer you. And so, uh, uh, because it goes on to say, fear can't conquer me because you already have. In other words, the psalmist is saying, God, my heart is so fixed into who you are that nothing else could come in and have me like you do. Fear can't take me. Fear can't conquer me because God has already conquered me. It says, your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. So we see that first of all, God is our strength and our refuge. Second, we see that God is our comfort. Psalm 18 goes on to say in the New King James Version, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear who or what can man do to me? In other words, so God is not only our refuge and strength, God is not only our comfort, but God is always by our side. And so if we're going to find victory, if we're gonna place our thought in moving forward, if we're going to get to the thing to where, get to the place to where our momentum is building up for what we're anticipating for the future, then we have to remind ourselves of who God is. Now remember, this whole message is about preparing for victory. And, and when you're talking about preparing for victory, then you must understand that there's going to be a battle that is waged for that victory. But when we know that God is with us in the midst of our storm, in the midst of our challenge, in the midst of our uh, situation that we find ourselves in, whether it be as a nation or us individually, us as a church, us uh, uh, in our destiny in the kingdom, we have to know that first of all, we've got to set our focus on God and who he is. Second of all, we've got to remind ourselves of who this God is. Now, the third thing is really important because in reality, Jehoshaphat, when he was looking at the forces that were against him, they were way more than who he had on his side. When Jehoshaphat was looking at the situation, it seemed impossible. But one of the things that we have to understand here, a couple things. One, God wants to speak to us. And, you know, I've done multiple messages. There's nine ways in which God speaks to us. And, uh, but he's always trying to capture our attention, our focus, whether it be through his word, through a prophetic voice, uh, through uh, another believer, through the Holy Spirit. There's multiple ways that God speaks to us. And when we are in the midst of a battle, we've got to have direction from God. Now, here's the interesting thing, because when we're seeking God for his direction, he speaks words to us that strengthen us in the midst of our circumstances. So let's look now at verses 14 through 17, and we're going to learn something very important. 
The, in verse 14, it said, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah. In other words, this man was getting a download from God. God was speaking to him, and now he was going to release a prophetic message that was going to change the destiny of this battle for the people of Israel. And in verse 15, he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat. He was speaking directly to the leader, directly to King Jehoshaphat to listen to this message that God had. He didn't just want to individually give this to Jehoshaphat because then Jehoshaphat would have had to convince the people. But he gave this strategic message to the entire group of people because God had a great plan for how they could continue to move forward in victory. He said, listen, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Let me tell you, when fear enters into your life, it handcuffs you like no other uh, source anywhere in the world. Fear is a crippling force. And so isn't it interesting that the first thing the prophet said to them is it, he said, do not be afraid or dismayed. See, when we feel like the challenge is too much for us sometimes, and we're focused exclusively on those things that look like they're insurmountable, we begin to lose hope. We begin to lose heart. And when you lose hope and you lose heart, you lose your focus for what God has. And so many times, when we are preparing for a victory, it's not going to happen today or tomorrow, but we can rest assured with God that the victory is going to happen. And so when we look at this word, it says, don't be afraid or don't be dismayed because of this great multitude. And the key point is this. He says, because the battle is not yours, but the battle is God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up from the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and he says, uh, as a reminder, because the Lord is with you. Now, one of the things that is such a clear aspect of what's going to transpire here is understanding that we do not walk alone. When we have Jesus in our hearts, we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. We're never alone. We're never going into any place uh, unarmed or unprotected or, or uh, uh, one against the world. We always have God with us. And if God before us, then who can be against us? We need to know that the battle is the Lord because when we know the battle is the Lord, we understand the words of 2 Timothy 1.7. In the words of 2 Timothy 1, 7, the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a sound mind. He's given us uh, a strength. He's given us everything that we need. So if God isn't the one who delivers fear, who is? 
Well, the enemy uses fear as a major tactic to uh, bring people to a place to where they can't even function. Why do you think the prophet twice used that? Do not fear, do not be dismayed. For this battle is not yours, this battle is the Lord's. Turn with me, if you would, to a familiar text of scripture, Psalm 91. And I'm wanting you to turn to this because I think it's something that you should not only put your finger on, but you should highlight in this time. Psalm 91 is a, a tremendous psalm. It begins with the words in verse one, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. In other words, whoever gets into that place to where, as we said in, in the first point here, drawing close to God, whoever draws close to God will be under the protection that he provides. In the, as we move on in this particular Psalm, it says this <clears throat> in verse nine, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall come against you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. What an amazing scripture text that is. And so the prophet was telling them, don't fear or be dismayed. We have to remind ourselves of the word. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Not only has he not given us a spirit of fear, he said, when any pestilence or any force comes against you, I got your back. I'm standing with you. I never leave or forsake you. I'm always there with you. See, when this is your focus, it totally changes your mindset. And you can then, when you face a bump in the road, when you face a challenge, you'll know that even in the midst of that challenge, God is with you. Our nation is facing a great challenge right now. But I'm so glad that this nation was founded on biblical principles. I'm so glad that last Sunday, our government declared a day of prayer. I'm so glad that we have a God that is watching over us. And I'm so glad that there are so many believers in America who are standing right now in prayer, not looking at the situation, but looking at the one who can change the circumstances. And our nation is gonna come out of this thing on a good note because we have a good God who is watching over us. So let's just think about this. First, when we are gonna prepare for battle, we've gotta set our focus on God. Second, we have to understand, we've gotta encourage ourselves. We've gotta remind ourselves of who God is. Third, and this is the hardest thing for me and so many people, we've got to take our hands off the battle. We've got to trust that when God speaks to us, that's the plan. We don't need to change his plan. We don't need to alter his plan. We don't need to adjust his plan. And more importantly, we don't need to get in the way of his plan. We just have to trust in who he is 
and what he says. The Bible is clear that all of his promises towards those who believe in him are yes and amen. And so the third thing that we need to know is when the battle is the Lord's, when it's truly his, we've just got to take our hands off of it and trust him and prepare. See, if it, this is an interesting thing. When we try to fight the battle on our own, we're stuck in the day-to-day of the battle. But when we trust God and know that no matter what we see with our eyes, he's in control of it, then we can look ahead to the future, understanding and knowing that no matter what's happening today, God is going to bring not only a victory, but this is an interesting thing that we're going to see coming up. When we prepare for victory... We need to prepare for the celebration and we need to prepare to gather the spoils that the victory brings. We not only saw this for the Israelites when they left Egypt, God had everything prepared for them and they took the spoils. The same thing is going to happen here for the Israelites and Jehoshaphat and all of his people. So the fourth thing that we can do then is what? If we're going to take our hands off of it, if we're not going to allow our flesh to get ahead of us, then how are we going to do that? Well, in verse 18, here's the plan Jehoshaphat set forward. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all of Judah with the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites, the children of the Kohites, and all the children of the Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. In other words, they were in the sound booth of their lives. They were cranking up the sound. They were not worrying about how loud it was or how intrusive it might have been. But they wanted to lift up their voices loud and high so that God could hear that they were trusting him and their hearts were totally focused on him. So the, the Bible says in verse 20, so they rose early in the morning. And went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Once again, here is Jehoshaphat now. There's encouragement in the camp. The people have their eyes off of the forces that are against them, and they have their eyes upon God. They begin to praise the one who is going to make the difference in their lives. If you want to get into a place to where victory is your portion, you need to not only set your focus on God, but you need to worship him. You need to, to honor him. You need to sing praises loudly unto him. And uh, in verse 21, it says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Listen to this. This is crazy. They, he appointed people who would sing the best singers. He didn't take his chariots and his best archers and his sharpshooters and the, the guys with giant muscles and the physical specimens of, of their encampment to, to go out in the battle first. No, the Bible says he consulted with the people. 
He appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before, before, before the army, not after the army, not in the midst, they, they began to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now listen to what happened in verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had came out against Judah, and they were defeated. Listen to how it happened. For the people of Ammon and, and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. See, he was taking these who came to destroy Jehoshaphat and the Israelites, and he was turning them on themselves. Now, I don't know what this was all about. I don't know if, you know, in their minds they were thinking, I don't want to give credit to victory for any of these other forces. I'm going to destroy each force and then try to destroy Jehoshaphat. We don't know uh, what that was, but he sent out these inhabitants to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, listen, Ammon and Moab came against Mount Seir. When Seir was destroyed, then it says Ammon and Moab, they began to destroy each other. An amazing thing here. Nobody had to raise a hand. The, the, the battle looked impossible. Victory looked like there was no way it could come forth from these people. But remember, when you understand who is in this battle with you, who is in this fight with you, it totally changes the complexity of the battle. So when Judah came to a place, verse 24, uh, overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were uh, dead bodies fallen on the earth and no one had escaped. And so when they began uh, to stop singing, they began to look over the battlefield and they understood that there's not one thing that they did to win this victory. They understood that they got to watch all of these forces destroy themselves. And when Jehoshaphat, and, and I want you to, to, to see this, when you get in to the place of preparing for victory, you've got to plan on taking the spoils from that victory. It's like when the NCAA tournament is over and the team wins, they set up ladders at each basket and they begin to cut the nets down because that is the spoil of the NCAA tournament. When somebody wins the Super Bowl, they set up a platform on the 50 yard line and, and they begin to hand out uh, the accolades and, and all of the things. You know, they, they get uh, a great uh, uh, large bonus checks. They get uh, a giant trophy that they can, they can put in. They've prepared in advance that they're going to have this celebration. Not only do they get trophies and they get checks, but when a team wins a major event, that people line up the streets and they have a great parade uh, uh, celebrating this victory. And what is happening here now, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables among all the bodies, precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away, more than they could carry away. And they were three days 
gathering the spoil because there was so much. Now listen to this. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barak and there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Barak until this day. Now, I want you to understand what this word means because it's extremely significant. The word Barak, Baraka means this, that it is the place of blessing. It's the place of prosperity. It's the place of praise of God. It's the treaty of peace. It's the place of prosperity and longevity. It's extremely difficult for me to stand behind this pulpit and say these things because I wanna be moving across this sanctuary telling each section of, of, of our congregation that you need to prepare not only to win, but you need to prepare to gather the spoils. You need to understand that God just doesn't bring us through the battle. He gives us victory and he declares a place for that victory, a place of blessing, a place of peace, a place where we can celebrate the things that, that God has done. And when they returned every man to Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem, it says with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem and with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the Israel, the enemies of Israel. All oh, folks, I'm telling you, when we get to the place to where we understand the power of who God is the love that he has for his children, the place that he has us at this time in the kingdom of God. We live in the best days that we could ever be alive. We are a part of the greatest kingdom that there ever has been on the earth. And we need to plan and to prepare like the Israelites in this time of their battle. We need to set our focus on God. We need to remind ourselves of who God is. We need to get set in our mind the focus that this battle is not ours, but this battle is the Lord's. Then as we remove our hands from the things that God can do, we need to take our hands and move them to this position and just begin to worship the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. Praise him, like the Bible says, with loud voices, with excitement, with praise. I hope that you guys all, when you're done listening to this, you'll turn on worship music in your own living rooms and as families, begin to praise God with everything that's within you. Now, we also know it's not enough to just... Uh, Prepare. It's not enough to remind yourself. It's not enough to place the battle in God's hands. And it's not enough to just worship. Part of preparing for victory is preparing for what are you going to do after the victory to celebrate that victory. And I'm going to tell you, when we get through all of this stuff, 
we are going to hear testimony after testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness. We are going to strike up all of the instruments and our worship team is going to come and lead us in a song of victory, a song of praise, a shout of adoration to our God, because we're going to know that only God could have given us such a victory. And we're going to place ourselves and learn how to live in that valley of blessing, that place of victory. So I'm so excited to be able to bring this message to you today. Next week, I have another message about victory from another angle that we're going to talk about. And I'm just excited to be preparing for that. But listen, stay focused. Take, turn your TVs off. You know, watch a little bit, but don't watch it all day long. And, and find something amazing out of each day to celebrate as we move forward. This week, we're also going to, I'm going to put out uh, a list of five like questions about this message that you guys can talk about as a family and you can dig deeper into this. I've told you guys so many times that I give you the shell of a message, but what you do with it is what really matters. So we're gonna give you the opportunity to have a few discussion questions and we're hoping that in this next week coming up that your family will be able to share a time together of not only listening to, but discussing this message we're going to be coming to you with information as soon as we have new updates. Uh, but we'll just say that uh, today is a great day and we'll let tomorrow worry about itself. Let's enjoy the preparation to prepare for victory. God bless you guys. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Have a great day. <laughs>